Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, you're listening to Into It from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Sanders. And this week, we are talking about intimacy coordinators. To get into this conversation, though, let's start with The Idol, that show that just wrapped on HBO, the one where The weekend, yes, the pop star, plays a cult leader. Like, really, you have to see it. He's taking control of the house like mentally you know this show it's the one with the really really horrible reviews in the idol the weekend's character seduces this troubled pop star played by lily rose depp and in the series premiere there is a scene that features an intimacy coordinator this is someone on a set for a movie or a tv show or a photo shoot who makes sure sex scenes and intimate scenes and nudity is handled respectfully for all parties involved. So in this scene, the pop star Jocelyn, she's doing a photo shoot for her new album cover, and all of a sudden, she starts showing nipple. Playful, I love you. I'm sorry. Can I just get one second? You know, actually, this can't be. I'm so sorry. That is not supposed to happen. It was not in the contract. According to the nudity writer, we only can show the side boob, the under boob, and the side flank. Anywho, this intimacy coordinator tries to intervene, and then things turn left. If she wants to be nude, all we have to do is redo the rider and come back in 48 hours. What am I supposed to do today? I paid for this whole day already, so what are we supposed to do? Just flush that money down the toilet? Eventually, Jocelyn's manager locks this intimacy coordinator in a bathroom so the photo shoot can continue. This whole scene is kind of wild to me because for years now, intimacy coordinators have been a thing in Hollywood. And the job became even more important in the industry after the Me Too movement for obvious reasons. So what does it say about the state of intimacy and sex on screen in 2023 that there's a show with an intimacy coordinator literally locked in a bathroom while trying to do their job? On a big deal show like The Idol, on a big deal network like HBO. This episode, we asked that question several years into the era of the intimacy coordinator in Hollywood, has sex and nudity and intimacy on screen gotten better for actors, for creatives, for viewers? We are posing this question to an actual intimacy coordinator, Adelaide Waldrop. She will also in this chat define exactly what this job entails. Because still, even now, most of us don't really know. All right, let's get into it. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. 
Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tell our listeners your name and your title. My name is Adelaide Waldrop, and I am an intimacy coordinator. All right. That phrase, that title, is one that I think a lot of people have heard over the last few years. But I feel like a lot of people don't know exactly what that job entails. Tell us what you do. Well, the easiest comparison point, though it's not a perfect one, um, is to think of an intimacy coordinator akin to a stunt coordinator. Okay. So an intimacy coordinator is a specialist consultant who works on scenes of an intimate nature to kind of, like a stunt coordinator, make them safe, but then also mm-hmm. make them creatively effective and look believable. And it's very, a lot of the sort of stuff that flies around in the press is like sex scenes, sex scenes, and like nudity. And it's very that, definitely. But there's a lot of stuff that falls under the umbrella of intimacy that isn't uh, just simulated sex and nudity. What falls under the intimacy umbrella, can we call it that? Yeah, definitely. It's a great term for it. So (laughs) (laughs) lots, lots of things. Um, I've worked on scenes of a variety of natures. So um, something like familial intimacy is is a really important part of mm-hmm. a lot of what I do, which is um, sort of physical touch and closeness between fictional family members, but particularly when we're talking about children. Having adults who are playing their parents, picking them up, kissing them, cuddling them, all of that is something that, that we'll work on. And then also when you have children involved in scenes where they're maybe witnessing something that they shouldn't. So so working with kids is a lot of part of what I do. Um, bodily functions. <laughs> wait, 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 expound. <laughs> um, so I have worked on scenes of urination, scenes of defecation, menstruation, in an, in an emotionally vulnerable space as well, scenes of uh, simulated miscarriage, um, things oh, wow. that are vulnerable making content that also are to do with okay. bodily functions. I mean, they'll also kind of correspond to an implied nudity, if not a nudity that we see. Um, huh. But they can be really vulnerable for an artist to perform. And it's something that people easily think, oh yeah, someone's just sat on a toilet, like whatever. But it's like, well, no, <laughs> they're yeah. meant to be nude below the waist. Like what are they wearing 
<laughs> so that they're, they're not mm-hmm. just fully nude below the waist at work for no reason. I've worked on all sorts of scenes of that, and they can be really complex if you've got like a rig for urination, like all sorts. Um, <laughs> a rig? Yeah. Oh, you know, I guess they could. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is detailed work. Yeah, yeah. Talk us through or walk us through some of the episodes that you've worked on or shows or movies that our listeners might have seen. One thing that that was a really important project for me, going back to the familial intimacy thing, is that I worked on After Sun, the film with Paul Mescal mm-hmm. about a father-daughter relationship. So the thin part lines up to where the fingers connect, okay? Kay. You're looking? Mm-hmm. And then you pull as hard as you can, like that. Ow. No, this is serious, Sophie. Please tell me Paul Mescal is great. I just oh, want him to be great. Yeah, he's lovely. He's lovely. <laughs> okay, good, he's very, good, good. Okay, go ahead. He's, yeah, he's, he's absolutely such a sweetheart, so wonderful. <laughs> nice, and nice. he and Frankie Corio, the, the young actor who played his daughter, he worked really hard, and they both worked really hard to have an incredibly bonded relationship. And Nice. Yeah, that was nice. great. Um, I did a bit on the most recent season of You, the Netflix series, which was the first oh. season to have an intimacy coordinator. The lead intimacy coordinator on that was my very good friend, Robbie Taylor Hunt, who is an incredible intimacy coordinator. But I covered on a few days of that with him, and it was really interesting just because there's been a lot of conversations about the intimacy oh, around yeah. that. Well, and like Penn Badgley has talked about what he wants to do and not do on screen. That's been very interesting to watch that conversation play out. Yeah. He's been very thoughtful about it. I mean, you know, think about every male lead you've loved. Yeah. If are they kissing someone? Are they are they doing a lot more than that? Yeah, it's been an interesting one. I think every it's also an interesting metric of what performers do and don't find more vulnerable. You know, things mm-hmm. like contact kissing for some performers, they're like, whoa. And others mm. don't care about kissing, but nudity is a big thing. And like, I think it's it's opened up a lot of interesting conversation that is always good. Yeah. Um, the new yeah. season of Black Mirror, I worked on that. You want me to do that horrible thing you love? It's a, it's a, this is so public. What do you mean? This is gonna be on the show. Okay, but it's not us, it's, it's computer people. One I really, proud of and I'm, I'm I don't mean to only say Netflix things but um that's okay obsession is a project that's really near and dear to my heart your days father that's right and your Jay's new girlfriend I think he's worried about introducing us should he be that was the first time for me as an intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. I was able to have what I consider to be best practice very cool I think a thing listeners might not know is that intimacy coordinators have kits that they bring to set. Yeah. What's in the kit and how does it work? <laughs> What's in the kit? Um, yeah. yeah, lots of fun stuff in the kit. So the the classic option, always in every intimacy coordinator's kit, is going to be some form of mint. <laughs> Several forms, um, I think, really? most of the time. Oh, Wait. 100%. Are you an intimacy coordinator or a church auntie with the bag right, of mints right. on the pew? I love it. But then, I love then it. we add in the full retro um, Listerine breath strip, which is crucial oh. because you don't want to be giving <laughs> actors like things to chew between takes. So there you go. it just goes yeah. in, it dissolves. It's like a real like of minty freshness. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of tape. <laughs> Which I will explain. Oh, okay. So talking about the sort of health and safety and like the mitigating risk side of things, a lot of the coordinating part of the intimacy role is working very closely with costume and also every intimacy coordinator is sort of a different with how hands-on they are with that stuff. I like to sort of 
provide the specialist modesty garments myself. So modesty garments are essentially items that cover an actor that aren't part of their costume. So things like nipple covers, you know, a stick-on bra, a bandeau bra, Mm -hmm. a dance belt, Mm -hmm. or we have... So then we get into this world of like strapless garments. So a strapless Mm. thong, which covers the pubic area in the... So a strap... How do you do that? Well... That must have some stickies on it. Exactly. Hence the tape. Okay. (laughs) Hence all the tape in my my fanny pack on set. Um, So like a, a strapless thong, depending on sort of the genitalia of the performer, just to be explicit about it, it'll have sort of a front piece that covers the pubic area and then you use double-sided tape like sort of what some people would call fashion tape Um, but body safe double-sided tape to kind of stick that into place and then tape that's in their skin tone which the garment will be as well um, over the top to just make sure that's secure and then with a strapless thong the tail kind of tucks back and is again taped into place but hidden by the buttocks basically so you have a Mm. garment that can provide sort of full nudity of every part of the body, excluding genitalia, and keep the performer protected. Because then also within those garments, we'll have what are called sort of barriers. So maybe a little bit of foam or um, a silicone barrier that is just there in the same way that like with stunts, you have pads for like knees and elbows and stuff. It's just there to make sure that in case, if, if actors are working in close proximity with genitalia, you know, you'll still choreograph in a way that you never have actors' genitalia like pressing up against each other, unless there's like a big external barrier, is what we call it. So, like a mm-hmm. memory foam cushion or whatever between them, just because we want to mitigate all risk of huh. any sort of yeah. sensation, stimulation, etc. Yeah, this is a thing I didn't realize until I want to say I watched Swarm on Amazon Prime Video, oh, and yeah. it became a part of the conversation because everyone. Uh, was pretty upset about that sex scene with Chloe Bailey. And they're like, well, why is she doing this? Yes. One, she's an adult. But two, uh-huh. there's like there was like a protective buffer in between her and the other actor. And this happens a lot. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean it it should <laughs> ideally it happens. I think there's a few ways you can yeah. do it because if you have a sort of position or a level of exposure of performers where you can't like sneak a pillow in there, what you might do is choreograph in a way that sort of cheats the angles of hips to camera. So it'll look like they're really close, but actually there's a lot of huh. distance between pelvises, but their hips are close or, you know, or what have you. Um, yeah. yeah. And the other garment, just to say, like, because people will have heard of. We don't use the phrase, I try not to use the phrase cock sock anymore, but um, the sort of... <laughs> it's okay, you can. We're but, adults. You know, you know. Well, no, I know. It's more yeah. like, I try and say genital pouch if I'm if I'm at work. Um, nice, nice, But nice. we've okay. got like yeah. an upgraded version of that as well. Like, I think actors who used to do these scenes, you know, back in the day would be given these tiny little bits of fabric and be like, okay, go, go, go for it. And it's like, no. And so... <laughs> it's not enough. No, it's not enough. And that the, having the option to have like the full pubic area covered and also like a layer of like padding of some kind just makes people feel more professional I think it makes it feel more like a part of your job which it is which feeds back to that Chloe Bailey thing like she's an actor she's a storyteller the story she chooses to tell her her business as an adult (laughs) like there you go everyone makes it very personal tell me and you can hide details if you need to but what has been the most tense moment 
on a set or in a production for you while working as an intimacy coordinator? Does it happen on set? Does it happen with the producer or director before? Does it happen in post, in edits? Like, tense this moment. Oh, boy. Yeah. How, how do I... How, what's, the, <laughs> what's the least detailed way I can say? Um, there's small sort of micro things that will happen all the time. Like the jokes, yeah. the kind of like people always, people love to sort of, as soon as an intimacy coordinator's there, they act, certain people, not everyone, um, you know, they'll like go to hug a coworker and go, oh, not in front of the intimacy coordinator. I'm like, I'm not, oh. not I'm not HR. <laughs> if it's not scripted, it's not my job. Like yeah, you do what you yeah. want to do. Like it's not my responsibility. Um, exactly. But I think for me, I've had, I've had a couple instances, one really, really affecting one. The initial director was was let go and somebody uh, else came in. And all I'd done all of this prep with the intimacy where actors were agreeing, you know, it, when, when this rolls at its best, right, you want us involved before casting is finalized so that if you have roles that require a certain level of nudity or simulated sex, you can have those nuanced conversations earlier on where the director's like, look, I absolutely need to see nudity of breasts, nudity of buttocks in this because Mm -hmm. whatever. And then you can have an honest conversation with the actor who's considering the role and say, you know, if you're agreeing to this role, you're agreeing to this so that informed consent Mm -hmm. happens at the point of casting. So... I'd d- gone through all of this. There were some really like explicit scenes that required that level mm-hmm. of conversation. I was like, great, we're in a great place. Then this changeover mm-hmm. happened and the new director who came in was, it felt like he had been cryogenically frozen in the 90s <laughs> and then like woken Whoa. up, woken up and had yeah. just missed the last 30 years of social politics. And, and you know, I, I try to meet people where they're at. I think this work mm-hmm. needs to be accessible and I don't think that somebody feeling nervous or uh, about their their own ignorance about like new sort of woke politics or whatever should I- exclude them from understanding why it's important and valuable as a professional mm-hmm. thing right but it basically just was felt like a very uncontrolled project in the end because Oy. he came in and wanted this level of explicitness beyond what I'd talked to the actors about and yeah. again like I try and be collaborative. I try and be adaptable. But at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to lay down the the kind of line and be like, no, you cannot have that. And no, and I will not ask the actor that. I've had that with directors of all backgrounds and all types where they were like, oh, can you just go back and check again and check again? And I'm like, they've said no, and, I, and I'm not going to ask them anymore. So it seems like a large part of the work is not just the logistical work of getting the physicality right in these scenes. You're also kind of a middleman and a communicator and a negotiator between people on a set, Mm. particularly maybe a director and an actor. In those tense moments when maybe an actor is being asked to do things they don't want to do, how do you communicate to them and how do you communicate their message to the rest of the team? Very carefully. Everyone has a different feeling about language around body parts, sexual acts, um, quality of, of like, or style or whatever. What I'll do is I'll kind of say, I'm hearing you say this, and then I'll sort of rephrase it in a different way to try and Mm -hmm. keep us focused on things like the story and the characters and the narrative and keep it out of a personal realm. Having a levity around it, I think, is really helpful. But I've had this happen with, with, directors before and with actors where 
language that's used for sex acts, like for a simulated oral sex scene um, where a, a male character was was sort of kissing down a female character's body to imply that, you know, he's about to perform oral sex. I had like a fully grown adult director go, oh, and when he goes down south, <laughs> like you don't need to make it sexual language. Like yeah. I had an actor who's, to be fair, his lang- his first language was not English, but also he was not very interested in in engaging with my work um <laughs> yeah, yeah he kept saying yeah. he kept saying pussy when he meant female genitalia oh. and i oh. could see his his co-star just like tense every time he said it yeah but yeah. as much as i can i try and get people on side and and i think facilitating communication that is clear professional keeps it in the world of the story keeps it out of people's personal mm-hmm. lives like because that's the other mm-hmm. thing people will be like oh you know this is a fun day at work for you. Or like, oh, is this what you do when you're like, and it's just, it's, it's all, (laughs) it's all sort of expressions of their insecurities, but it, which is why I try and be gentle with it. But at the same time, it's a bit like, grow up. (laughs) Okay. Time for a break real quick. Thanks to everyone who's been leaving reviews of this show, telling your friends about this show. We can tell. I see it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now I give you permission to go touch grass. Okay, be back soon. It's maybe, and tell me if I'm wrong, safe to say that we are like now fully into the era of the intimacy coordinator in Hollywood. If this became a thing that was really a thing beginning in 2018, by now it's pretty entrenched in a lot of the industry. Yeah. And I want to talk about what that time has been and, 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 and what the last years of this work have done for the industry. But I also want to talk about what it's like to do your work right now in what seems to be a strange moment for sex and intimacy in the industry. You see all the same think pieces I see. Yeah. Uh, people are saying, writers are writing and saying, well, TV has become sexless. And there's the intimacy is not good even when it happens. Yeah. And things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe have become actually sexless. Completely. And a lot of people are complaining about the lack of sex and intimacy on screen. But on the other hand... <laughs> I'm still seeing a lot of that stuff on screen. Maybe it's just not good. I mean, what is it like doing the work you do in that kind of environment? This environment in which people are saying, well, is sex not right on screen right now? Yeah, I think it really has become very genre dependent. And Mm. I think that there's a little bit of an HBO effect that there's kind of like permeation of prestige television that's like everything Mm. now looks like really polished really you know high level quality drama style that I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people equate a a serious tv show with like a lot of sex and nudity exactly and they're like if we if we're intense with this then we're gonna be like Sopranos and it's like well well, maybe. It depends on what your story yeah. is. You know, it depends exactly. on what your genre is. It depends on the characters and like what you're trying to tell. But we're not seeing like actual interesting textures and explicitness of intimacy like condoms, lube, like sex toys, like oh, none of that exactly. stuff. Like clitoral stimulation. Yeah. I am like always fighting <laughs> to be like, yeah. oh, you've got a character with a vagina who like has an orgasm in like three seconds. Like, shall we show somebody touching her clitoris at some point? Yeah. Like, well, and we've gotten like we're in this weird moment where you have on the one hand the hbo track and the prestige track has a lot of nudity and sex 
But then the biggest films of our era, the Marvel comic book movies, they've become sexless. And there's no middle where you actually see sex as it happens in the real world, it seems exactly. like. Exactly. I don't see awkward sex. No. I don't see a lot of people with average normal bodies having sex. Look. I don't like... <sighs> It's an extreme, right? Completely. It's like an extreme. It's like it's like almost porn or like nothing. It yeah. feels like or it, like it, music you know? video style where it's all like sort of like uh, yeah. landscape shots of stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, and uh-huh. to go back to the bodies thing, like look, I've worked with like a diversity of performers from all like racial and cultural backgrounds and and uh, abilities, physical abilities, ages, you know, all sorts. And yet I have mm-hmm. yet to do a romantic sex scene with two fat people. It has not happened. Yeah. And to the Marvel point, I think what's interesting there is is that there's an I think things that are going for super, super mass appeal mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. are seeing sex as too controversial to yeah. show. I think I wanna ask all these questions about like the impact of the intimacy coordinator over the last several years since we came to know what this job is and it became prominent in the industry. Because, like, on the one hand, I know that having people like you on a set has made things better. And I know some of the horrible stories we used to hear from back in the day aren't happening anymore. But Mm. part of why I wonder so much about whether the work is done yet, um, because I'm sure you saw this too. (laughs) Did you watch the... uh, series premiere of The Idol on HBO? Well, I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to. And then it's become enough of a conversation in every sort of aspect of my life that I was like, I need to not be... I need to see it firsthand and make my own opinions. Mm -hmm. So yes, I've Mm -hmm. watched the first two episodes... Okay, which is about I got all I can get episode through. two and was like, I got to stop. I got to stop. Uh, yeah, but this it's scene, rough. this it's rough. This scene in the premiere made me question. You know, is the industry as on board with the work that you do as it says it is? So in the scene, uh, this pop star who's kind of going through a mental health crisis is doing a photo shoot for her album cover and. Outside of the parameters of the contract that was negotiated, she starts to show bare breast and expose nipple. The intimacy coordinator tries to step in and say, hey, we didn't agree to this. Let's talk about it. The coordinator ends up locked in a bathroom <laughs> so the photo shoot can go on. And I guess I'm bringing this up because it's like, what does it say that a network is big and powerful as HBO and a creative is big and powerful as Sam Levinson makes that kind of scene in 2023, yeah. seven or eight years into the era of the intimacy coordinator. What does that say about the actual state of the work you do in the industry? Yeah, I. well, exactly. And also, you know, let's acknowledge that HBO is the the sort of network with which the intimacy coordinator role originated. And yeah. also that Sam Levison and, and Euphoria, you know, had a phenomenal intimacy coordinator, Amanda Blumenthal, who really mm. helped sort of facilitate all of that that very yeah. intense intimacy on that series. Um, yeah. So to have the role become like a the butt of a joke, essentially, I think it's a bit of a cheap shot, if I'm honest. And it's frustrating a little bit because 
There's so many incredible people involved in that project. I mean, that project has an intimacy coordinator, Ma'am Smith. Which is wild to me. There was an intimacy coordinator yeah. on this show while they're mocking intimacy well, coordinators. And Scott Turner Schofield, who's the actor who plays the intimacy coordinator, he was uh, the trans consultant on Euphoria. And he like he did a, a talk with a, a group of people in training that I was sort of like with and and he's incredible. He's he's a huge advocate for the role and like and and a really important voice in our industry just generally. And so yeah, there's a part of me that watches that was watching it and I was like, oh come on guys, like what? <laughs> because we're already the butt of the joke so much of the time. Yeah. But I think it was frustrating because it like so much of the show, um, lacked a, a nuance in in yeah. what it was trying to do. Because it, like, I could get into like the nitty gritty of the technical of like what they, the reason why they like the intimacy coordinator tried to stop it, and then they locked him in the closet and this whole thing, and how it kind of doesn't really track with something. It, it's not very realistic to something that would happen. Because, like, mm -hmm. if an actor's going to do something that's in violation of their contract, first of all, she would have had to have signed her nudity rider. So she mm -hmm. would have seen that it said, you know, nudity of side breast, uh, excluding nipple and areola. It's not something your team negotiates without your permission. There's all these things that didn't really make sense. And I think it speaks to a larger lack of thoughtfulness or, or nuance in the project on the whole and the writing. I mean, it's just not very good, is it? <laughs> Like, it's really not good. It's not a very Do good you, show. It's not a good show. How seriously should I take the way that show treats your job? Is it indicative of the way a lot of executives in the industry think about your job? Or is it just Sam Levinson being Sam Levinson? It's a great question. I mean, I mean, I don't... I think it. I think it's really indicative of how a lot of people see our job, to be perfectly honest. I, th I, mm. I know... There are, mm. for as many people who are, are grateful and uh, appreciative and real advocates of this role and this work, there are just as many people who think that we get in the way and that we're kind of jobs worths and people coming in and wagging our fingers and being like, you can't do that. And that we're there to sort of minimize intimacy and minimize mm. the explicitness or, or whatever of something. And mm. when my job's at its best, I'm facilitating as much and the most that people want to do and as far as they want to go. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that I'm always there to try and maximize, you know, nudity, explicitness, whatever, but I am trying to make it really, yeah, just, just make whatever people want to have possible, possible. And also like, we're human. Like not every intimacy coordinator is, first of all, not every intimacy coordinator perhaps has as much training at the moment as they need there because it's a go. new industry that's not standardized. You know, you got folks who are kind of like, oh, I've done one workshop, like now I'm an intimacy coordinator. And then they go <laughs> off and productions aren't yeah. necessarily equipped to know what to look for and what questions mm -hmm. to ask. So like I, when I first started in this work, there were a lot of people who had misconceptions about the role and like who were really resistant from a place of ignorance and a lack of experience with it. And now... And in the past, like, I guess, couple year, I would say, I'm encountering more things where people have had, folks have had a bad experience with an intimacy coordinator and then are like, no, nah, I don't want it. And I'm like, ooh, and that's actually much more difficult. And that may not, might not be the intimacy coordinator's fault either. Um, you know, it's, 
sometimes people just don't gel. <laughs> sometimes people just do not mm. gel. Um, but yeah. people don't write yeah. off the whole of costume design because they had one bad experience with a costume designer. There you go. But we're so no new. one has killed the role of directors, even though there's been so many shitty movie directors, well, awful it. movie directors, right? It's like, right? It's like we, this is a thing. So I, I suppose to close, I think the. I think what I want to get to to close this conversation is like, all right, we are fully in the era of the intimacy coordinator. But I think any and everybody involved in the industry would agree that work is not done yet and that work still needs to continue, whether Mm. it be in the conversations about whether sex is done well on screen, whether it be in the way people like Sam Levinson treat your work or mock your work in their own shows like the work's not done yet so I I guess to close give me like a list of three things that need to change right now to make your job easier to do and 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 better create the space that you and other clients are, 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 are trying to create number one thing would be involving an intimacy coordinator in the beginnings of prep the second I think would be just thinking about it as like a practical, creative, and health and safety role would really help everyone. I'm not the woke police. I'm not (laughs) there to cancel anyone. If anything, I'm somebody who's like on the verge of cancellation's best friend because I will teach them how to be safe. How to not get canceled. Exactly. (laughs) I'm there to help help you not not get canceled, canceled, honey. Like it is not, (laughs) it is not, I'm not here to cancel you. Yeah. Um, And I think the third one would be just give us a chance. Just like, give us a chance. That, have listen, a chat with your intimacy coordinator. There you like, go. They're yes. not so bad. Give us a chance. And then I would say for viewers and also for the creatives making this stuff, expand your view of what intimacy is. Exactly. It's gentle. It can be hilarious. It can be disgusting. Like all of these things. Yeah. Perfect way to close. Adelaide, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for the work you do. And Sam Levinson, if I ever see you, we're having a conversation. (laughs) Thanks again to Adelaide Waldrop. If you want to see some of her intimacy coordination, go check out the latest season of Black Mirror on Netflix. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter... Taka Zen, and Oluwakimi Aladesui. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hokeman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. Listeners, we are back Friday with a brand new episode. Till next time. I mean, I'm not going to tell you to go watch The Idol, but I feel like if I suffered, you have to too. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.